seven pounds. Treading water that they drown me. My head on a swivel. Yeah. It's only really my surroundings. Hello and welcome to episode 189 of the Smash Accept podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter at DynastyDadFF. We got a great show planned for you tonight. We're going to talk about the dynasty buys that you guys can get to get yourselves into the playoffs for less than a 24 first. You know, a lot of teams are out there three and three, four and two, even two and four saying, hey, how do I get myself to that next level? What do I do without breaking the bank? My man, Mung, is going to be joining me tonight, really just going over how we can help you guys through the process. Mung, how are you doing tonight? Great. I love uh, love shopping in the bargain bin. I love the clearance aisles. I love the blue light specials back when Kmart was still in business. And uh, we're going to talk about how you don't have to mortgage your whole future, right? Even if you are contending, even if you're two and four with a good team, if you're three and three and you lost some guys to injury, there are some minor moves that you could make now to limp your way toward the playoffs while figuring out what you're going to do over the next few weeks. Because as we know, a lot of teams are going to be making tough decisions if they're t- two and four, three and three, even if they're four and two, but they don't have a great roster and they just got lucky the last few weeks, right? Yeah. And I think you, you brought up a great point as far as like, you don't have to do moves that break the bank. I mean, we talk about there's teams where, you know, in Smash Except Three, I lost Anthony Richardson. Yeah, I lost A Chain. I lost, uh, you know, Je- I lost Justin Jefferson. I'm in the spot where I'm three and three. My team on paper looked like it should be six and zero, oh, and I'm three on three because of that. And some of the other leagues where it's like, I'm, I'm starting to look like, okay, do I trade Jefferson? Do I trade Richardson? But then it's let's find these fillers. Let's find these Raheem Mosters. Let's get these Jerome Fords into my lineups. Let's get guys like that so we can get that firepower coming back. So many people are reaching out to me saying, you know what? what should I get for, for a chain right now? What should I get for Jefferson right now? And it's like, I don't think that's the move. I think it's a matter of trying to make some moves, buy some, some veterans, get yourself in a position where four weeks from now, instead of three and three, you're seven and three, six and, you know, six and four. And you're in that stronghold position where Jefferson comes back, a chain comes back and you're ready to roll. Yeah, it's more important now than ever that you really need to read between the lines when these injury reports come out, right? It sounds like the Dolphins are expecting HN to be back as soon as he can from IR, so right after, right at the four-week mark, mm-hmm. whereas we got other reports that Anthony Richardson is at least pondering the possibility of season-ending surgery. So if you are going to make a move as a contender, you have to be aware of the risks and the potential rewards, and then you have to pay accordingly based on what kind of draft capital do you have, right? If you only have one first and you're a three and three, but you have some matchups that you may or may not be able to win, even with an injured roster the next couple of weeks, remember a lot of teams are on by these next few weeks, right? So if you are facing opponents who have similar issues, you can still be in the playoff hunt at five and three a couple of weeks from now, even if you do have to just throw in a, a terrible running back or wide receiver at flex for a week or two. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and those are all great points. I mean, you got to make sure you're into the right position. I mean, I say this all the time, but send us your rosters. You know, we can help you out, help you diagnose where you're at, because I think a lot of times it's difficult. And I know you and I were starting to talk about this a little bit backstage, but I'm seeing a lot of the leagues right now, the people that are two and four that in the years past would have been like, 
you know what? My team's not bad. I'm going to try to play it out. They find themselves in an area where they're all trying to collapse for Caleb. And we have these, these scenarios where there's five or six teams really trying to get themselves from two and four to that team that gets the one one And Mung, that's created a lot of opportunities where I'm getting Adam Thielen for much cheaper than I should. I'm getting Raheem Mostert. I bought Mostert for a late 25 second. I know we, we that's far into the future, but the team stacked and a 25 third. And you look at what he's been able to produce. I mean, it's, it's absolutely incredible as the RB two, you know, he's got nine, nine touchdowns already or 11 total, but nine rushing touchdowns. And it's like being able to buy those off of those uh, teams that are trying to, you know, quote unquote collapse creates such a value where these teams that are three and three, two and four, you have an opportunity right now to jump in there and beat those guys that are five and one and get those offers out there for some of these guys, because the, the divide in dynasty is really, it's massive right now. Yeah. And too often, I think people look at pure upside when they're looking at um, in season acquire acquisitions, right? Mm -hmm. Because you say, can this player be a wide receiver one for me? When really, if you have a pretty decent team, even if you do are dealing with some injury issues, right, you can make do with maybe a Jaleel McLaughlin or a Chuba Hubbard for a week or two. And again, these are names that are not sexy, but as long as the production is there for the next two weeks, three weeks, depending on who you have out, then it's fine to pay a slightly lower price for them and conserve the first to really make that final push. Yeah. Absolutely. So let's talk about some of these guys that you can buy. I mean, I already mentioned I, the, the first guy I put a, a tweet out there. I mean, the, the league winners, there's six guys that I think you can buy for a second round pick right now that are going to win you your leagues. The first one was obviously Raheem Mostert. You and I talked about him a lot in the offseason along with A-Chain. And I think that Dolphins offense, we just want as many pieces as possible. Waddle's starting to click. Two has been phenomenal. Tyreek's on pace to, you know, potentially eclipse over 2,000 yards. But when you look at Mostert right now, I'm not worried about the age. I mean, you know, we've talked about his injury history in the past, but this is a type of player where I'm buying at the price. I mean, like I said, a 25 third and a 25 second, you know, that, those are the kind of prices where you're getting elite level production. If you just take the names out of it and you don't say that's Raheem Mostert, you're looking at a guy that is clearly a league winner and you would not in, in the off season, you wouldn't have been like, Oh, those that's Mostert right there at the RB two spot. Right. You'd be like, this is the guy, this is more like a Christian McCaffrey type number that are blowing us up. Yeah. And you have to remember too, that you don't have to, sell high or buy low on any player, right? It's fine to hold Mostert. Um, it's fine to sell him and it's fine to buy him depending on the price. But the thing is, if you are contending, you can still, even if you have no running back depth, you can still look to trade Mostert for a longer term solution, right? If you mm -hmm. can add a little bit because of his hot start, because of what the Dolphins are doing right now, and maybe you can work your way up to a Kenneth Walker with a couple seconds, something like mm -hmm. that, where even though you're not really filling another position of need, you're upgrading and you're mitigating risk at a position where you're uncertain of the long-term production from a guy like Buster. Yeah, but you look what he's done, 75 carries, 429 yards. He's got nine touchdowns, which is tops in the league as far as rushing, two 20 uh, targets, 18 receptions, two receiving touchdowns. And 
this is the type of production we're looking to buy. I love what you had to say there about moving up to Kenneth Walker because I put this this thread out there and people are like, well, nobody in my league is trading Raheem Mostert for that. Okay, you know, but you every league's dependent, right? So you can't just say because we're saying he's worth a mid second that you offer the guy that's six and zero oh, a mid second for him. He's not going to get it, right? Every team's value is different. But what I'm saying is these guys that we're going to talk about today. Look at the guy that's two and four. Look at the guy that's three and three and that's had some lucky games. That guy that's one and five and start making some offers for these guys. Get them on the cheap. And if you're in that area, like Mung said, if you're three and three and you have Raheem Mostert, doesn't mean sell him for a second. Use him to tear up. So many times we talk about players like, I don't like Kyle Pitts. I don't like owning Raheem Mostert. I don't like owning player X. Use them as capital to tear up to someone you like. I mean, that's ultimately what we do all the time we're trying to mitigate risk and we're trying to get the guys that we ultimately enjoy having on our rosters that are are a little bit you know better suited the best part about Moser for me mung is we've already seen what he does with a chain right it's not like he's just erupted and then been like okay it's only because of this injury i mean he was fantastic weeks one and two and even with a chain on the on the field we're still seeing high-end rb1 production yeah, and again, this comes back to knowing your roster, right? Are you actually contender? Are you a quote-unquote fake 4-2 and two team, right? Have you beat up on some teams that maybe lost Anthony Richardson and Justin Jefferson that week, and so you got an easy win? Um, how many points have you fielded compared to the league average through six weeks? Those are good barometers to see if you should actually be mortgaging your future a little bit or if you should still wait and see and you know, see how your record is in two, three weeks. Mm-hmm. The next one, and this one's one where we're, we're starting to teeter here a little bit. He's mo- my most owned wide receiver, and it feels great, is Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen, I still think in a lot of leagues you can still get for an early second. It might cost you a 25 first, but Keenan Allen right now, the wide receiver four overall, is absolutely lighting things up. Again, you're getting that age discount where if he was a, you know, two years younger, you'd be paying a mid first right now. Keenan Allen is that guy that I think as long as he's healthy, you know, just like with Mostert, as long as he's healthy, he's an absolute league winner. But let's talk about two other wide receivers here that are a little bit more, I don't want to say under the radar, but guys are not believing the same way that they have as Keenan Allen. You look at right now, the wide receiver, just like we thought he'd be the wide receiver six, Adam Thielen is absolutely getting peppered with targets. He's third in the NFL in targets, tied with Tyreek Hill at 59, 509 yards. He's got four touchdowns. This is someone that I have been buying super cheap, like incredibly cheap, because people are still trying to get that production off their team or not believing in it because of his age. And he looks rejuvenated in this offense, right? He looks like 2019, 2020 Adam Thielen, and we're reaping the rewards. Yeah, and again, the name value isn't there, right? And people just don't care. They see the production. They expect it to tail off, and maybe that happens. But as long as he's healthy, he seems like he's going to be the king of garbage time for a Panthers team that's going to be losing a lot of games this season. And, you know, Phelan, another guy is Jacoby Myers, right? We talked for years about how Julian Edelman was always available for a second-round rookie pick, right? Even when he was a top-12 wide receiver in PPR, and a similar phenomenon right now with guy like Myers, or you can even go even lower, right? Zay Jones is hurt right now. I don't think anybody really loves Zay Jones, but when he comes back, we've seen that Trevor Lawrence targets him and he targets him in the red zone. You can maybe buy Zay Jones for a third right now in some leagues. 
Um, just looking at production and actual points. Now we talk about off season, right? Don't worry about what this guy did last year. Look into all the dynamics of whether he can continue that production, but in season, those points do matter. Mm -hmm. And this is another area where I've kind of, reformulated the way I'm looking at insulated trades on a contender. I made two trades this week. One, I traded DJ Moore for Adam Thielen in a 24 first. And for me, it's like DJ Moore is worth a 24 first. You know, that's kind of that area where if it's 107, 108, that's perfect. But now I'm getting Adam Thielen's production plus that first in that area. Another one, I traded Devonte Adams for Jacoby Myers in a mid first. Jacoby Myers is the wide receiver 13. Devonte is the wide receiver 11. Last couple of weeks, you know, Myers has been that guy. But even if Devontae, even if Myers would get injured, I have that first that's still worth that same area. And I think a lot of times we look at insulated trades, and in the past we've always said, you know what, I'm looking for that next breakout. But in a situation like a guy that like Devontae Adams, who is uh, at his age, you get a mid-first plus a Jacoby Myers plus. And, I mean, Jacoby Myers is just 26 years old. In a, which is much different than where Adam Thielen is, who's 31. If you can get that kind of trade and you get that kind of insulation, I'm smashing that all day. That's a that's one that I'm really trying to push on to you guys as the listener. Is like you're getting two folds. You're getting the production and you're getting the first for next year. Yeah, and we can even go later or lower if you want, right? Nobody wants to buy someone like Wandale Robinson mm-hmm. who is going to be very reliant on garbage time, right? And yet – It seems like if and when Daniel Jones does get healthy from this neck injury, he likes targeting him. And even if not, Tyra Taylor has been fine, at least supporting some fantasy relevance. Mm -hmm. And honestly, a lot of times it feels gross to send some of these trade offers or even to accept a trade offer, right? I saw Gardner Minshew um, sold in one of my Superflex Dynasty leagues for, uh, I think it was him and a fourth for a third. And yeah, no one's excited about that trade, right? Uh, whoever picked them up off the waiver wire for like 30 fab and sold them basically for a third is happy with it. And then whichever team got them is probably not happy with the production last week in that beatdown from the Jags mm-hmm. that was supposed to be a re- revenge game. But he was fine enough in one of my super flex leagues where I won by three points because he got me eight or something like that. And someone this week, right, Brian Hoyer, Nobody's excited to go pick up Brian Hoyer off the waiver wire, but if you pay, let's say, 12 fab out of 100, and he gets you through this week when you have a quarterback on buy, and it saves you from trading a second-round rookie pick for a stopgap option, then I think that's fine. Yeah, and that's the thing where in the past we always talk about those sexy moves. We're always trying to trade for the next Garrett Wilson. We're trying to trade for the next Jalen Waddle. But some of these other guys get you through. They win and they they help you in that area. And it's like majority of the trade offers that people send me, they're like, we're 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 talking about B. John Robinson trades, Jamar Chase. But a lot of times these Adam Thielen, these Jacoby Meyer deals are the ones that really keep you in 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 line for a championship and especially at the running back position. Right now, we talked about Mostert. Alvin Kamara is getting absolutely peppered. Derek Carr, we talked about it, you and I both, in the offseason, that Derek Carr you know, favors throwing to the checkdowns. You watch the game, and, I mean, Alvin Kamara is getting absolutely peppered. He's in a scenario where he is on pace to just blow away numbers with how many receptions he has. I mean, 
how excited should we be and where would you pay for Alvin Kamara? I'm seeing, you know, it, it, before when we were talking about suspensions, it was a late second. Now it's a mid second. I'm almost prepared to pay an early second for what we're seeing from Alvin Kamara in this offense. Yeah, I think that's perfectly fine because again, him and Keenan Allen are not guys who we want to invest in long-term, but if they stay healthy rest of season, they can easily finish top 12 at their respective positions, especially in PPR formats. And it's it's almost one of those, you know, we talk about all the time, right? The whole cycle of dynasty value where in season, the worst time to try and sell your dynasty veterans is in the off season or leading up to the season. But once they start putting up actual production in season, they are worth acquiring because again, it doesn't take away the name, right? It's, Pretend it's a blank square over the name and you're just seeing 15, 20, 25 PPR points per week. And that's what you're paying for. Yeah, 19.2 fantasy points per game right now from Alvin Kamara. He's fifth in the league in in receptions for running backs, despite missing those times with the suspension. The next guys I want to talk about, and we're going to talk about at least one guy on every team. For me, I'm buying in on Matthew Stafford at that early to mid-second price. This offense is geared to have Matthew Stafford throw for 300 yards pretty much week in and week out. He's a top 15 quarterback, and he hasn't been throwing touchdowns yet. You know that's going to come. That's something a little bit more fluky. Right now, I mean, if you look at Matthew Stafford, he's in at QB 15, but he only has six touchdowns. But he's top of the league when it comes to yards because he's throwing for almost 1,700 yards. That's second in the NFL right now. Um, Matthew Stafford is someone that I think – you can buy for that mid-second, probably an early second. And I think he's going to put up borderline back-end QB1 numbers. And I'm all in for Matthew Stafford right now, despite trading three shares of him last week. Yeah, like you said, uh, Puka Nakua dropped a touchdown in the end zone last week. I think Higby could have had another. And really, we're looking at all the metrics that indicate that Matthew Stafford is absolutely slinging, Right. And he has, I dare I say, an upgrade to Robert Woods from the Rams' old days when Jared Goff was there. And the one-two punch of Cooper Cup and Nakua, the intersection is Stafford, right? And again, the production hasn't been there, but all the other metrics have, and it's only a matter of time before those touchdowns catch up. And Kyron Williams was a buy for me before the injury. You know, he was that guy that we were getting for a late second just because people weren't necessarily believing in it. His usage was incredible how much he was getting. Ronnie Rivers was the next guy up. Now we're talking Zach Evans. They re-signed Daryl Henderson. They re-signed, you know, uh, who else was it? Oh, why am I why am I blanking on that? But they're Miles Gaskin. No, 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 no. Uh Royce Freeman. They re-signed oh, Royce yes. Freeman. You know, so it's like McVay says there's going to be a game plan for it. I think they're going to be slinging it like crazy. Matthew Stafford's going to be throwing, and uh, you know someone's going to be relevant there in that offense for sure. But Cooper Cups looked phenomenal. You know you missed your window there on him, but Matthew Stafford, people still haven't caught up yet. The fact that he's he's looking fantastic when they look at the box score and they say, oh well, you know he only threw one touchdown this week. That three touchdown game is coming, and it could be as early as this week. Uh, we're going to go team by team. Hollywood Brown. Still only worth an early second. No one's paying first. Your guy all offseason. And Josh Dobbs has been, you know, if we're talking about the the Cardinals, Josh Dobbs has been someone that I've been buying for a 24-3rd everywhere in Superflex because he's put up solid numbers. I mean, he has been 
capable enough that we thought he was going to absolutely derail Hollywood Brown. But when you look at the numbers that, that Josh Dobbs puts up, it's been solid enough that you're right now. He's a QB 18. Nobody would have foreseen that he's in an area where he's thrown six touchdowns. I mean, I think he's more than like we talked about with Gardner Minshew, more than capable as a guy to get for a 24 third, maybe a pair of thirds and ride things out and then see what happens. See what Kyler comes when Kyler comes back and invest in Hollywood Brown. Yeah. And I even said in the off season, I stand by it that he absolutely is worth the first, right? Still young in a contract year. He continues to see double digit targets every week. Um, Josh Dobbs just missed him on a 50 yard touchdown that he would have been wide open on last week. Mm -hmm. Uh, The production is coming and he's been a top 15 wide receiver in PPR, even without the touchdowns. And it's only a matter of time again against Seattle this week. Uh, easily could be a huge blow up week. So buy, buy those guys before you, before the price goes up even more. For sure. Uh, moving to the Falcons. I mean, I have, you know, we London's starting to see what we wanted him to see. I think we're not very far off from Tyler Haneke starting for this offense. I watched every single snap of that Atlanta game and Ritter, you know, he put up the fantasy points for you. You, you over 20 fantasy points, but it was gross. Those three interceptions, the last one, you know, the, the look on the coach's face, it's just like, okay, Heineke's going to be starting sooner or later. He's someone that you can get just thrown in to some deals. For me, in that offense, I, the only guy that you can say you're buying for less than a first is Tyler Algiers. You know, and I think right now he, you can get him for a pair of thirds, maybe a late second. He has flex appeal. You know, he's going out there 7.9 fantasy points per game, a little bit more involved than what we thought he was going to be. But I think he is someone that I would I would be willing to go out there and at least try to get thrown into some deals, especially if I'm short at the running back position. I want to talk about Baltimore because this is the one where Wait, I was real, trying- real quick while you're yeah, still on Atlanta, Johnny Smith too, right? Everyone yeah. happy that Kyle Pitts is finally getting used. He's seeing the same target share as Johnny Smith and Johnny Smith has actually been outscoring him. I've been getting trash talked every time I come out with my weekly rankings. I'm too low on Johnny Smith and too high on Kyle Pitts. And Johnny Smith has had, you know, aside from the goose egg week one, he's had, four usable games where, you know, he's arguably in that tight end one conversation, which is just crazy to me. I mean, him and Pitts are interchangeable in that high end tight end two ranking each week right now. It's, mm-hmm. it's nuts. It, it, it really is. Uh, moving to the Ravens. And again, we're trying to talk about guys that you can buy for less than a first. I mean, yeah, everybody wants to go buy Lamar and Mark Andrews. When it comes to the Ravens, I mean, you know, you could still get Gus Edwards and Justice Hill for a third round pick. I think Justice Hill is going to end up having some, some viable games. Gus Edwards is as well. The rest of the offense I'm, I'm out on, you know, I'm, I'm in on flowers. I'm in on Andrews and then give me a running back if I got to throw him in there, but it's not a lot of excitement. Uh, going to the bills. This is, this is one I wanted to hit on is Gabe Davis is still for a mid 24 second. I think right now is a top 24 wide receiver. This was the first week he broke where he wasn't crossing the end zone but Gabe Davis has been rock solid what I want to talk to you about is the news of possibly Leonard Fournette signing with Buffalo is that a good thing is that a you know good thing for Leonard Fournette stock is that a good thing for the overall you know fantasy stock of this team and yeah I put a thing out there and I got roasted where I said hey this is good for Leonard Fournette like there were a lot of people cutting him this past week saying I don't think he's coming back you know what's he going to be and I was like just hold on just a little bit longer no, I mean, if you can use this uh, news to sell Fournette for a third, I would. It sounds like they talked about a visit, but they haven't actually uh, 
ask them to come in for a visit. I think they're just doing their due diligence with Damian Harris yeah. in the hospital. Um, and, you know, it's been crickets with him, and and I would I would not be hoping for a, a fantasy relevant role at this point. So I, I'd sell him for any pick you can. I like it. Um, moving over to the Bears, this. Right now, I, before we did this, I had it at Cole Komet as a mid-24 second. He was the tight end four before this past week. The Justin Fields news looks like, you know, they said it's going to be grip strength, but for the for looking at Jesse Morse, who's one of the, the best guys out there when it comes to fantasy injury, he says it's probably going to be a four- to six-week injury being able to grip the ball. So going to that backup rookie quarterback, I mean, are we trusting anything in Chicago? I'm trying to get some deals done for DJ Moore, but are you trusting anything right now? No, even if if and when Fields comes back, I would sell Cole Komet for any second-round rookie pick. Uh, they beat up on the Broncos' defense and then the Commanders' defense. I'm, I'm not investing highly in this Bears offense from those two big weeks. Like it. I know Snoog's been big on the, this next guy talking about Cincinnati. Cincinnati's in a bye week. This is an opportunity. I think I think T. Higgins gets right for injury. I think Joe Burrow gets right. Some of these guys start to get healthy. The interesting take is, and Snoog's all over it, is saying he's buying Joe Mixon. A lot of people are really trying to, to sell Joe Mixon. Is Joe Mixon fool's gold at an early 24 second? Or is this someone that, you know, he's on the field nonstop. He's getting 15-plus carries. He's getting – the receptions it isn't pretty but it's a solid 15 fantasy points per game um i, I think this one i'm lukewarm on I, I don't have a strong take on this because i, I believe in mixon's talent but he looks slower um, he the offensive line isn't doing him any favors and it's kind of a double-edged sword to say that burrow is coming back healthier right because on the one hand the rising tide lifts all boats so you would mm-hmm. think the offense scores more touchdowns in general but then is it just more touchdowns to Jamar Chase and T. Higgins? So I think a second is fine. Um, he's a fine touchdown-dependent RB2. I just don't know how many touchdowns are going to be there this year. I think the biggest takeaway for me is it's just T. Higgins' value just keeps dropping, and people are are worried about the injuries this past week. He came back, probably shouldn't have, didn't really do much, and I think T. Higgins, we know the talent. We know he's right there in that well, spot. Well, I will say one thing on T. Higgins. I think long-term – He's a sell because, again, I just don't see Cincinnati paying to keep both him and Chase. Mm-hmm. They'll figure out another um, cheaper wide receiver in the offseason. So I don't know that Higgins is going to be quite as productive depending on what quarterback he's playing with because you really need those accurate deep downfield shots that we're accustomed to seeing from a healthy Burrow. And if Higgins doesn't have that on his next team, I think it could crater real quick for him in fantasy. Um, yeah, I, no, I, I'm with you. I like, I, I think it really depends on what, where he goes. And that's why I've been, you know, there's always that off season of the allure of, Oh, is he going to go to the chiefs? Is he going to go to this team and kind of go there? Uh, Amari Cooper for the Browns, I think, or you could even go with Jerome Ford. Jerome Ford had a fantastic game this past week. Um, you know, kind of grinding it out. Amari Cooper looked pretty good. I think both of these guys are obtainable for second round picks. I, are, are you buying in on any of these guys for the Browns? I mean, I think, Deshaun Watson comes back this week, maybe next week. We kind of see where things are. And Amari Cooper, right now the wide receiver, 40. But I think he's going to – he's got to be an absolute buy low. Yeah, I, I like Cooper still. Um, he's been the clear number one. And say what you will about Watson, he hasn't looked great. But even when he was struggling earlier in the season, he was still targeting Amari Cooper a ton. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dallas, I have is Jake Ferguson. Nothing super excited there. But let's talk about the Broncos because Russell Wilson I have is an early 24 second. 
He, for the first four weeks, was the QB8. This past week looked pretty rough. You know, we were seeing some, some, uh, some of that 2022 rust. Are you buying in on Russell Wilson? A lot of people, I mean, this is that time we, we lost Anthony Richardson. We lost Justin Fields. I mean, what kind of stopgap do you have here? For me, I've been trying to buy Sam Howell everywhere. I think that ship has sailed. I was buying him for mid-seconds. Now I feel like he's going to cost you a 24 first. Brock Purdy is going to cost you a 24 first. Cousins, Goff. I mean, you look down the list, and the only guys you can really get for a second, we talked about Stafford. I think Russell Wilson you can get for a second. And then you start getting into the areas where it's like Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe Derek Carr. I mean, almost all of your quarterbacks are going to cost you a first. Is Russell Wilson someone that if you have an early second, you'd toss out there? Not right now. Um, Looking at the schedule, they get the Packers much easier to run on than throw on. Then the Chiefs, who you could argue that their defense is better than their offense right now. Mm -hmm. And then the bye, and then Wilson goes on the road to Buffalo. So I I just don't see a a scenario where he's really helping your roster these next four weeks. And then on top of that, there's the reports that Denver is still looking to trade away Jerry Judy. Mm -hmm. You know, how effective is the offense without him? We know that Sutton has talent, but I don't think that Wilson's um, fantasy production is going to be helped with Judy gone. So as good as he has been to open the season, and I think he's gotten a lot of crap because the Broncos' main issue has been defense early this year, not the offense. Um, but in terms of fantasy, I, I would not. Maybe you can buy a real low because he has a, a, a much easier schedule the second half of the season. But I don't see him really helping a contending roster the next few weeks. I like it a lot. Moving over to we got Detroit and Green Bay. Both of them I put as I'm buying running back production. I mean, the wide receivers on both of them are going to cost you a little bit more. Aaron Jones, I think, you know, coming out of the bye is looking possibly healthy that we saw him week one where he exploded. Then he kind of got banged up. I think a lot of people forgot how good Aaron Jones is. Aaron Jones is an RB1 when he's on the field. And David Montgomery has been an RB1. Now he's got the the rib injuries, going to be likely out here for a little bit. Both of these guys, I think, are good buys. If you had to choose between one right now, are you buying Montgomery or Jones? Uh, it's Montgomery. I, I'm not worried about the ribs being a long-term issue. The hamstring for a running back of Aaron Jones's age, I'm a little more concerned about um, a recurrence, especially when I think they just signed another running back or they were looking into some running backs and having visits, which he's practicing uh, coming out of the bye, but it certainly is, isn't great uh, if you're reading between the lines that the Packers are still looking at running back depth. And since I'm, you know, doing so much on, on Twitter, on the Patreon, doing so many other things, so many leagues, I missed Aaron Jones two weeks ago, you know, where he was that Sunday night game. Guys were saying the same thing about Saquon. Just a little tidbit. If the guy's going on Sunday night or Monday night, make sure you guys get those guys into that flex position so you can kind of vary it a little bit. I get that question all the time where people are like, should I start? You know, player X, I know they got a Sunday night game. Let's get him out of the running back position. Let's put him into the flex and see if you got a backup in there and and try to be safe as possible. I know it's just a little tidbit. The next one you're going to love because I love it. You and I own tons of shares. Dalton Schultz, uh, you know, we we were saying all offseason there's somebody to buy. He starts out cold the first two or three weeks. The last three weeks, he has erupted as the tight end six, tight end two, tight end six with three touchdowns over that time you know, over 169 yards, I believe. I mean, he has been fantastic. It looks like CJ Stroud's security to blanket, especially when we see that Tank Dell's not in the lineup. 
Yeah, I love it. I honestly, I um, I apologize to Schultz because I did drop him in a redraft league where I just needed the production, and after three weeks, I couldn't do it anymore. So definitely regretting that move. But hopefully, Stroud continues to utilize his tight end a little bit more, especially in the red zone. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think I think I would still be prioritizing some other tight end buys ahead of him. But certainly for a late second, I think he'll be a fine startable. Um, back end tight end one, high end tight end two in that range. I'm curious, like, because who is a guy that you would be buying? Schultz right now, tight end seven, so he's been been good. Who's another tight end that? Because you brought that up. I mean, I'm doing these weekly rankings, and it's like, oh, the tight end position after you get to, after the the top five. Now I do have seven smashes for this week because I think Ingram, I think Goddard has has bounced back, and Schultz has bounced back. Schultz is on by this week, but like. Who are some of those other guys that you're looking to buy? Because this is a position where we're trying to just throw points together. You know, you got excited and you're like, oh, Logan Thomas had a big game. Let me plug him in. And he got you 1.7, you know, and you're trying to get these guys in there. Who's somebody that you're buying? Because it's a tough position. Yeah, tight end is gross right now. Um, A couple rookies who I think you can still get for pretty cheap. uh, Musgrave, the usage has been there. The production hasn't. And he has a great matchup against Denver. This could be a good time to buy before a potential two-touchdown game against that Broncos defense. Um, Michael Mayer, who's finally getting yes. used more uh, with the Raiders. He was kind of mm-hmm. the forgotten guy. Everyone was excited about Kincaid going to Buffalo and Laporta. But Mayer is a talented and you know pre-draft, pre-NFL draft. He was the number one tight end in this class for most people. And that really flipped, but the talent is still there for him. And you mentioned Logan Thomas, who I liked preseason. It was a quiet game for him, but it was a weird game where Ritter threw three interceptions, right? And they just kept a lead throughout that entire game, didn't throw as much as they would normally do. And I do think that Logan Thomas is still going to be a viable guy coming up these next few weeks. I think another guy a little bit deeper, Trey McBride. This week, five targets, 62 yards. We talked about him being a sleeper in the offseason. Um, you know, Granson's been nice. I, I love that you brought up Michael Mayer because Michael Mayer has looked great the last two weeks. And the position is just, it's tough, you know, so you guys keep grinding on that. Make sure you guys are checking it out. Um, moving over to the Colts, Zach Moss. So Zach Moss, the first week, we're like, they're going to ease in Jonathan Taylor. Then the second week, it's like, well, don't start Zach Moss. Zach Moss goes out there and in your PPC leagues, over 19 fantasy points. I don't think he's going away. You know, I think they're going to try to keep Jonathan Taylor fresh. Zach Moss is someone that I I recently bought for a 24 third, and I have no problem with that because you get you get a dual edge sword, right? A guy that's going to go out and, and possibly produce while Jonathan Taylor's on the field. And if Jonathan Taylor missed, we got a glimpse of what he could actually do. And this is fantastic value. I would say a third is fine. I don't know if I'd pay a second at this point. I I paid two thirds uh, a week ago, and I'm still okay with that, but I wouldn't actually pay a second because I do think I would compare him to Tyler Algier because Mm -hmm. while he is really good in his own right, and I do think he would have a ton of upside if Taylor were to miss time, I do think their two stocks are going in opposite directions where I'm certain that Bijan will continue to get more usage as the season goes on, I know people are disappointed so far by the split between him and Algier, but we have to remember we're only six weeks into a rookie season, right? The coaching staff obviously knows he's a superb talent, but there are other factors at play where they may still want to ease his usage in. And similar with Taylor still coming back from the pup, 
We mm-hmm. still don't know if that ankle injury is really more of a contract issue or an actual ankle injury. So I do think that Taylor is going to continue to solidify a bigger and bigger role each week. Yeah, I like it. And I remember they, we, we did that episode in June where I was like, hey, we're talking about these running backs you should stash. And I said, Zach Moss, and you just gave me an ew gross. Which yeah, I, gotta thank you. I know. I'll take no, the L. I'll no, take the L. Because then I started, people started sending me offers for Zach Moss because they thought, hey, all right, this is a guy that dad's just out here on a whim, just throwing names out. I was like, I liked it. Uh, Jaguars, Evan Ingram right now is still just a mid-24 second, which is crazy to me because of his age and production. He's the tight end six. Last year he was a top 10 tight end, and he's in that area where you don't have to pay the same price as the other guys in that top five. You know, you got Kelsey and Laporta, Hawkinson, Andrews, Kittle, even Goddard. You know, some of those guys are much more expensive. Kyle Pitts, obviously. And Evan Ingram just keeps going out and putting up solid production. Right now he's fourth in the NFL in yards for the tight end position. He is putting up over 11 fantasy points in a non-tight end premium league. And I think he's almost – he's a set it and forget it tight end one. Yeah, he's fine. He's uh, he's white bread. Nothing, nothing <laughs> exciting, right? Not a brioche bun or anything. Oh, I do love but, some brioche, uh, man. I love it. <laughs> yeah, he's fine. He, he's a uh, reliable, and you know that's that's a factor that's severely lacking at the tight end position right now. Um, a reliable nine, ten PPR points a week, which says something. So, eleven yeah. fantasy points per game right now. Everybody above him has three touchdown receptions or more. He has zero right now. So it, he is due once we start getting some of those weeks. I think he, he cranks it up a little bit. The Chiefs, Isaiah Pacheco. I think I, I went a little bit early saying it was Isaiah Pacheco month, you know, where he was playing the Broncos last week. He's got a plus matchup this week and then the Broncos again next week. So, I mean, I think Isaiah Pacheco is obviously, you know, controls this backfield. I think he's definitely that guy to be investing in. Yeah, I mean, the issue is I don't think anyone's selling him for a second at this no, point. And nobody, but nobody's also paying a first, right? We get into this area where I would, I, I would pay a first. Really? I just want to make that clear because really, it's not even the touchdowns, the fact that he's being involved a lot as a receiver out of the backfield and just solidifying control of the snap share and, and the touches. I do have faith that if, if he's healthy rest of season, he will maintain a, a pretty strong hold on that lead role. To go with that, you know, we talked, he's out of sight, out of mind, but Jarek McKinnon was winning people leagues. I'm getting him thrown into deals just as an add on. If you're a contender, you got to look at those teams that are four and are two and four and one and five. They want those points off there. They're going to give you veterans like a Jarek McKinnon for free. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested that you're saying you would give a first on that. I just feel like there's like the, that territory where, even like a David Montgomery, most people aren't paying a first. They're willing to give that early second. And sometimes, I think Montgomery and Pacheco, I'm willing to pay a first. I think it's going to cost you that to get there. So that, that's interesting. I like it. Um, Minnesota, K.J. Osborne. K.J. Osborne or a late 24 second? Nah, I'll take the second. <laughs> I, I, know, I, know, I know the target share will go up for him, but I do think that the offense as a whole will take a step back. And while he's been the quote-unquote number two or number one now over Addison, that's another situation where I think that continues to shift as the season goes on. like it. The rest of the guys, we're just going to go real quick, rapid fire. Darren Waller or a mid-24 second in tight end premium? Uh, Tight end premium, I guess it's still Waller. I'm not – 
as high on him as others have been all season long, but I think people are panicking a little bit too much on him now. Mm-hmm. I, I think a mid-second is about right. Yeah, I mean, he's still the tight end 11. It isn't pretty. You, you have to feel like better days are ahead of him, but, yeah, that's an interesting one. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to do it for the Jets, and there was not much out there. It's like Dalvin Cook or 24 thirds. No, give me the thirds. Even yeah. if something, even if Hall were to knock on wood and miss time, I don't think Cook would be the guy. I think it'd just be a committee at that point. I like it. Dallas Goddard or a early 24 second in tight end premium? Yeah, Goddard. I don't think we're going to see the consistent production. We've talked about this time mm-hmm. and time again where the talent's there, but when you have A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, it's just hard to get him the ball. Um, but he's kind of like Kittle, right, where if Debo or Ayuk misses time, Kittle automatically becomes an elite play. Mm-hmm. And then the same could be said of Goddard. So the next two, Deontay Johnson, Tyler Lockett, or mid 24 second. Which of the three are you taking? Johnson. Would you trade a mid 24 second for Tyler Lockett, or does it have to be late if you're a contender? Uh, I would just hold because that's another situation where coming out of the bye, JSN was much more involved. Mm -hmm. And that's another one where I think it's fine if you really need the help right now, but I would hold off. Okay. And we, I'm, I'm saving San Francisco for last, but I want to hit up. Would you early 24 second for Derrick Henry early 24 second for Mike Evans? Are you keeping that pick completely? Um, Maybe Evans. Uh, I would pass on Henry. I think Tajay continues to see a ton of work as a receiver, which is part of what buoyed Henry's value last season. Mm-hmm. And then two, I don't know what's going on with the Titans right now, what they're going to do at quarterback. Um, if Tannehill needs surgery again, it sounds like it's not quite as severe, but that offense hasn't looked good already. Um, with Willis, that would look awful. With Levis, I think there's some upside, but again, with a rookie, it's just hard to, support that kind of fantasy value overall. So the last part I want to talk about is obviously the Christian McCaffrey oblique injury. Um, and it, it caused everybody to say, all right, what's next? You know, and it, there was time where it was Elijah Mitchell. It obviously looks like it's Jordan Mason. Now Jordan Mason two weeks in a row has kind of spelled McCaffrey and looked pretty good. A lot of teams, as I went across my 18 leagues, 12 of them, he was on teams that were in the bottom two because they were guys that, you know, stashed him on rosters or guys that that picked him up on the cheap what would you be willing to pay for either mitchell or mason before we have a anything again knock on wood we don't want christian mccaffrey to get hurt and miss extensive periods of time but we know in this in the shanahan offense someone's going to be you know at that running back position is going to have some value so what would you pay for either of these guys and especially on mitchell which is what a lot of people are really like is he worth anything in comparison to mason So, well, before I get into it, I just want to say this is why you listen to the shows all the way through, because I can't tell you how many times I've talked about Jordan Mason around Mm -hmm. the the 45 minute mark of these podcasts (laughs) um, for those who do make it all the way through our shows. And I I would as much as I believe in Mason, he's also struggled to stay healthy. So I, I would say this. I would be actively looking to sell Mitchell for any second. Yes. Ford, I would also sell for a second, but I'd rather hold than sell for a third. In terms of buying, I would not pay a second for either of them because I do think it's still going to be a committee, even if Mason is the quote unquote lead back. And again, these guys are so replaceable with Shanahan that 
he could sign a guy off the street if any of them fumbles, you know, for a week. And it sounds like McCaffrey's um, knock on wood dodged a significant injury. So again, I think both of these guys are holds for the most part, unless you can get a second. I just don't know how how many leagues you can really, if that's realistic or not. Yeah, we talked about that varying variation between a first and a second. You know, some people are willing to pay that early second, but not that that first. I feel like when you get to that second, third range, I mean, everybody's going to pay a third. Everybody's willing to pay two thirds for Mason. If you can get a 24 second or maybe even a 25 second, I think that's good, good principle to where you're at. He will be worth more, though, if, if we get an injury. If we get a significant injury, he's definitely going to be worth at least a 24 second. I don't yeah, think he'll ever. I'm saying I'd rather never hold approach. himself for a third. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Love it. Um, you know, we, we had some technical difficulties. We wanted to make sure we brought you guys out some, some good content. So, Mung, let's close out. Maybe one more guy. We always got to drop those deep sleepers. Someone else that they should be interested in going out there and picking up. Yeah, I, I have to think about it because for the longest time, Jordan Mason was my deep sleeper. Yep. Right? And, and uh, all of a sudden, he's the talk of the town. Um, if you say Julio Jones, I'm going to walk out though. <laughs> he signed I'll, with the Eagles, baby. No, I, I think, uh, I mean, I think it's worth talking about where you should sell Julio for anything, anything for, yeah, whatever you can get. Um, you know, I'll go with Portland Sutton because he's a guy who has been steadily producing. Um, if you can pull up, I don't know where he ranks on the season, but he's got to be in that wide receiver 36 or so range where. He's at least flex-worthy, and um, he has multiple paths to fantasy upside, right? One, if the Broncos trade Judy, as there have been reports about. Or two, if the Broncos trade one or both of them and Sutton ends up on a team, let's say Baltimore or the Chargers, who needs a downfield threat, right, because their guys haven't been able to stay healthy. So I think there are multiple paths to potential top 24 wide receiver um, second half of the season production for Sutton. And while he's not a deep sleeper in that we don't talk about uh, the, or we don't hear the name much, I feel like people just kind of gloss over him, um, even though we do know he exists, right? And I'm going to look at like RB3s in certain situations. It looks like Zach Evans might get an opportunity here. looks like Craig Reynolds might get an opportunity here. A couple guys that just signed that – you know, I know you and I a couple years ago were big on Damian Williams. You know, it didn't look all that great in Arizona. He might be into that situation. We just want those guys. Where if you got open roster spots, I mean, James Robinson just signed with Green Bay. I'm not saying these guys are going to pan out, but you put them at the back end of your roster, and we know that these guys that have played as the third string running back end up getting an opportunity when you get to Week 15 when everybody's all beat up. You get an, you, you know, you get an eight point that you might not have had there. You get those ten point games. So. Yeah, yeah, here's a real quick. Here's a super deep one, I guess, or pretty deep at least. Isaiah Spiller, who no one's talking about. We've already seen Austin Eckler miss time, and Joshua Kelly did not look particularly effective. So, if Eckler were to miss more time, it's possible we get to see what Spiller can do. For sure. All right. Thanks again for tuning in, guys, and enjoy the process. Sorry, John, with your.